What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Anthony Bruno Show. I, of course, am Anthony Bruno. The Leafs really followed up their greatest comeback in franchise history with a zero-goal performance. Their inconsistent play came back to bite them in the ass again as the Columbus Blue Jackets beat them 3-0 in Game 5 of their best-of-five qualifying round series to knock out the Leafs and move on to the first round of the playoffs. I'm going to give my thoughts on Game 5, and then we're going to talk about what the Leafs need to do moving forward if they want to stop losing in the first round, or the qualifying round for that matter, and make some progress and just become a better team. All right, so let's go. So the Leafs were obviously shut out in Game 5, which was very disappointing, but it doesn't mean that the offense didn't show up, because the Leafs had a ton of quality scoring chances in Game 5 and throughout the series. They just couldn't beat Jonas Corposalo, who was absolutely ridiculous in Game 5, standing on his head. And the Blue Jackets just got unreal goaltending the entire series from both Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens. And, I mean, what are you going to do, right? Because... The Leafs, it was like game after game, they're controlling the play, they're getting a ton of quality looks, and the puck luck just wasn't on their side. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that the Leafs dominated the entire series and, and just suffered from bad luck and that was it. That was not the case at all. But to see the amount of quality scoring chances they got throughout the series, and then you look at the box score, and you look at the amount of goals they scored, it just didn't match up. So that was very frustrating for both the Leafs and, of course, their fans. We all know the defense core needs to be upgraded, okay? That's no secret whatsoever. You have Morgan Riley, who I think is an absolute stud and had a very good series. And then after that, you have Jake Muzzin, who was obviously injured most of the series. Tyson Berry was a flop this season. Martin Marinson and Cody Ceci just aren't going to cut it. And at the end of the day, Travis Dermott and Justin Hall... They're depth guys, okay? And that's just not going to cut it. Against a team like Columbus, sure, you can get through that series against a team that does not have a lot of offensive firepower. And guess what? That's what actually happened in this series. Everyone always wants to blame the Leafs' problems on their defense. But in five games, the Leafs only gave up 12 goals, and two of them were empty netters. So at the end of the day, the defense core... And the team defense, for that matter, was not an issue. And then when it comes to Freddie Anderson, we all know that he's had his struggles in the past come playoff time. But honestly, other than letting in a couple of soft goals, one of which came in Game 5 at a pretty bad time, other than that, he was pretty excellent throughout this series, finishing with a 936 save percentage. So, like the defense core, I don't think Freddie Anderson was an issue in this series whatsoever. I never thought it would come to this considering they're one of the most explosive teams in the NHL. They led the league in goals per game since Sheldon Keefe took over as head coach. But the Leafs offense is what let them down in this series against Columbus. Okay, plain and simple. They scored just 10 goals the entire series and only three of them came at 5-on-5. Five five. The Leafs were outscored by the Blue Jackets, 10-3 at 5-on-5 five five against a Blue Jackets team, okay, whose leading scorer this season was Pierre-Luc Dubois, and he only had 49 points, 
Okay, this Jackets team is not known for their offense, and they outscored the number one offense in the NHL since November, 10-3 at even strength. That is absolutely unacceptable for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I get it. Like I mentioned before, I know that puck luck was in totally on the Leafs side because they did have a lot of quality scoring chances, but there's no excuse. You have to find a way to score, especially when you have as much talent as the Leafs do. And another problem was the secondary scoring. I mean, it was completely non-existent, okay? Guys like Alex Kerfoot, Kasperi Kapanen, Ilya Mikheyev, where were these guys? Because they did not show up on the score sheet whatsoever. And that was a major problem. And for the people nitpicking head coach Sheldon Keefe, just shut up, okay? Because can we give this guy more than 47 regular season games and five playoff games during a global pandemic to put his mark on this team? In the 47 regular season games that Keefe coached, the Leafs had the eighth best record in the NHL, they were the number one offense in the league, scoring three and a half goals a game. They improved the power play, the penalty kill, and they improved defensively in terms of goals against per game. So they essentially improved across the board from Babcock to Keith. okay? And he did all of that while the Leafs were one of the most injury-depleted teams in the entire league. So can we give this guy a break? And it's not like the Leafs were far off winning this series. A bounce here, a bounce there, some better puck luck. And guess what? The Leafs are moving on to the first round of the playoffs. And another thing with Sheldon Keefe, not only did he have to deal with all the injuries during the regular season, but then come playoff time, he loses Jake Muzzin, his defenseman with the most experience, most physicality. He can play every single situation. So to not have that guy in the lineup with an already thin blue line, was another headache to deal with. He played his stars a ton of minutes, something that everyone always got angry with Mike Babcock about. He tried some creative things in terms of, you know, stacking the Tavares, Marner, and Matthews line, tinkering with the lines a little bit, trying to find a spark. And you know what? Still, people want to look at Sheldon Keefe and say, he got out coach and he should have done this and he should have done that. Just shut the hell up and let this guy put his mark on this team. I think the Leafs are in great hands moving forward with Sheldon Keefe as head coach. All right, so where do the Leafs go from here? Because at some point we need to see some progress. You can't keep losing in the first round every year. And listen, I'm not saying that next year they have to come out and make it to the Stanley Cup final, but at some point you need to win a playoff series. You can't just keep coming out every season, you know, finishing third in the Atlantic or getting a wild card spot, not getting one of those top two seeds, losing in the first round, that's just not going to cut it. And like I said, I think we need to give Sheldon Keefe some time to put his mark on this team. But in the meantime, let's break it down position by position. In net, I think the Leafs are fine moving forward, at least for next year with Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell. They finally actually have a legit backup. So I think next season in net, things are going to be okay. But oh my goodness gracious, this blue line desperately needs an upgrade, okay? Because they are so thin. And then when you lose a Morgan Riley or a Jake Muzzin, it just amplifies that, I don't want to call them terrible, but it amplifies that weak defense core that much more. And we saw that, you know, a little bit in the playoffs without Jake Muzzin, even though the Leafs didn't have to deal with a high-powered offensive team like the Columbus Blue Jackets. 
And what I did fear is that, you know, the further the Leafs had gone in the playoffs this year and they had to maybe play a Tampa or a Boston or a Philadelphia, that defense core was probably going to get exposed at some point. So they definitely need an upgrade. Tyson Berry and Cody Ceci are off the books. They're unrestricted free agents. They are not going to be back next year. So whether you have to address the decor through a trade or signing a free agent, and I know the Leafs barely have any cap space and that's going to be a problem, but you need to find a way to give Morgan Riley and Jake Muzzin some help on the back end. And with the Leafs' lack of cap space, they're going to hope to improve the decor internally with young guys like Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren. And don't forget about Miko Lettinen, the defenseman the Leafs signed out of the KHL. He led all KHL defensemen in scoring this past season. So I'm sure those three guys are going to be a big part of the Leafs' defense core moving forward, especially next season. And especially a guy like Rasmus Sandin, who should be a stone lock to be in the Leafs' top six next year. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the Leafs improve their decor, whether they look to do that internally, like I said, or whether they're making a trade, or whether they're going to sign a free agent. That all remains to be seen, but that is going to be the most important thing moving forward for this team. And now the big question that everyone seems to have a hot take about. Do the Leafs trade one of their big four forwards, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, or William Nylander, who take up $40 million of cap space, nearly half of the Leafs' salary cap. And here's the thing. I don't think the Leafs have reached a code red situation yet where they have to trade one of these guys. And listen, Austin Matthews, he's untouchable. He's one of the best players in the world. He's not going anywhere. Could the Leafs look at trading Mitch Marner, John Tavares, or William Nylander? Nylander is probably going to be the easiest guy to move just because... He obviously is less of a cap hit than the other guys. But here's the thing. I think the Leafs have to run it back with these guys next season and give Sheldon Keefe an entire regular season and playoffs with this core forward group. And listen, if a deal comes up, something that's too good to be true, something that makes too much sense, where you can move one of those guys for a very, very good defenseman, then maybe you look at doing something like that. But... I don't think the Leafs have to move one of these guys just to shake up the team. I don't think that's going to make any sense. I don't think Kyle Dubas is a stupid guy. I don't think he's just going to pull the trigger because fans are telling him that he has to trade one of these guys. So I think fans have to calm down a little bit when it comes to wanting to move one of the big four forwards. I don't think it's a code red situation. I think the Leafs are going to be fine. This team is built on offense, on aggression, on skill, on puck possession, and those four are great at all of that, okay? So you can't just blow up the core forward group just yet, give it a little bit more time, see if they improve next season, and you know what? If things go south next season, maybe reevaluate that, but I think things are going to be okay for the near future. But here's one thing I'd like to see the Leafs do better, and that is be more adaptable. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. So the Leafs are built on offense and speed and skill and puck possession, and that's great because I think when you can overwhelm teams offensively and put a lot of pressure on them in their defensive zone, that's always going to be an advantage for you. But at the same time, the Leafs have to learn to win games in different ways. So whether they play a Columbus who plays a tight defensive structure, or a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning in a seven-game series. 
You have to be able to adapt and play a different style based on the opponent you're playing. And I think that's what all the great teams do best. Because, you know, we always like to look at the Stanley Cup winners and be like, oh, they were great defensively and that's why they won. But that's not always the case. The best teams are just able to adapt, adjust on the fly, play different styles. And I think the Leafs have to find a system that allows them to do that. And again, going back to what I said about Sheldon Keefe, let's give him some time, okay? Let's give him more than 52 games to put his stamp on this team and figure something out that's gonna work for the group that he has, okay? So moving forward, let's all just stay calm. Like I said, the sky isn't falling down on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, they lost in the playoffs to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They didn't even make the final 16, but this team did not play poorly against Columbus. And I think that next year, they're gonna bounce back and have a pretty great season in Sheldon Keefe's first full season as head coach of the Leafs. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Anthony Bruno Show podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content. If you did, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the show and be sure to rate it, share it, and leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Anthony M. Bruno, especially if you love sports. That does it for this episode. I will talk to you guys next time.